Welcome to the Digication Scholars Conversation Series. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part two of my conversation with Laurie Pierce from DePaul University. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of the Digication Scholar Conversation Series can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You are about to hear part two of our conversation with Lori Pierce from DePaul University. Please be sure to listen to our previous episode to hear part one of this conversation. I think that that goes really, it's a really interesting set of balance that you're talking about because I, I, you know, as I was sort of going back to this whole, you know, students being, you know, can, can, they, they really are able to get the drive from just pure passion and, and sort of a mission-based thing. You know, how many students today are talking about, um, you know, maybe going into engineering, but because they wanted to solve climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to me, it almost didn't matter whether it's a liberal arts major or what have you, but it's, it's almost come from a slightly different part of your heart that says, you know, it wasn't just for a job. It wasn't just for... Um, you know, maximizing my potentials. Right. It was almost for like, hey, I've got a thing that I've got going here. Um, mm-hmm. I need to make myself useful in this way. That's how I'm going to feel, you know, good about myself. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that maybe, I don't know, maybe in the past 10, 20 years, um, kids have been maybe given a little bit more space to think about those things too, because some of these issues have come up and, 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 and cause I feel like when I was a kid, many of those things also just don't get talked about nearly enough. Right. Right. Um, right, right. You know, it, it's just kind of like, yeah, environment, you know, you know, we have issues, but it, there's always a, but, you know, yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. not going to be the one who solves this. Don't worry. Right. About right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and today is really different. I mean, think about the marches that is started by, you know, Greta um, mm-hmm. uh, on the climate change, right? And that's 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 fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in fact, I I think that some of the some of the things that we started looking at is sort of the the psychology behind learners. And their desire to be seen, be heard, be recognized, mm-hmm. um, and that, if if anything, sort of even brings about some ideas that we have about how people are dealing with online learning and COVID today. Right. Uh, we clearly have the ability to do video and audio chats and mm-hmm. and 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 submit files and you know all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I wonder whether the models that you have going there have a little bit more of that, what the students are being seen, being heard, like you said, they have to figure out how to express themselves. They have to find their ideas, ask the questions. Yeah. They want people to know about it and to be recognized. Yeah. Um, like that aspect of learning to me is, um, not only fascinating, but it feels almost like it's one of the core parts of what pedagogy needs to focus mm-hmm. on in order to continue to get their intent attention and their engagement. Yeah, yeah, it's it's again they they're getting pushed in so many different directions. So at DePaul, you know, there's the kids who come from 
you know, the business school or the, you know, uh, digital media. I always thought that digital media people would be more creative than they actually are. But there's, they get kind of in their box of doing something in a specific way. And I remember asking a digital media student once, I think it was like video games. And I thought, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. This, I don't know what they do. I've never played a video game in my life. That Mario one, I think I played once, but I didn't like it. But I remember asking, it was like, oh, you're doing, you know, you're going to be making stories. Have you taken any English classes? You know, like, she's like, no, why would I do that? It's like, because you're telling stories. Those are stories, right? Don't you have to have some kind of interaction between, you know, a fairy tale? I, I don't know what a video game story is, but I'm assuming that those two things go together. But apparently not. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> okay. So I th- they're working up against against such diverse forces so and all our students have to take courses in the liberals in the liberal studies but you know sometimes they're just resisting it's like i just got to get this class done i I just i got 10 weeks and i got to get out of here so if somebody isn't interested in what you're doing or you know you're not inspiring any creativity in them you know it's like well okay there's only so much i can do you at least need to be able to proofread your paper and then you can move on to to the next part of your life but it's hard i mean there's you know, they come from such different places with such different experiences that not everybody is going to be, you know, ready to do this. So, but that's okay. Maybe think, some later. Right. And maybe some, some people just the natural instinct isn't to, to, to do all these very uncertain, mm-hmm. um, you know, like nebulous tasks where yeah. they just trust the process and something good will come. Yeah. They kind of yeah. only would do it if you were tell, showing me exactly I'm not yeah. going to fall and, and hurt myself. Yeah. Right? And, and that's a different mindset. I have to remember that not everybody is comfortable, you know, just kind of floating around, that some people really need the structure, either cognitively or just that that's where their creativity comes from. It's within that structure. So me, not so much, but so you have to kind of make it so that it ever, it's possible for everybody to do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that as I was, you know, that reminded me when you were talking about the digital media, you know, majors. Um, Edit that out. I don't want them to think. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, and, and I was actually thinking about um, uh, the contrast with Jack. Mm-hmm. Because Jack um, went on to become, I think he's like a digital media director at, for oh, the yeah. Illinois Senate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So wow. he's doing there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he just, Jack took it. He, he knew where he was going. So he's one of those people who's just, you know, he kind of plows right through. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, where he wanted to be. Um, and, but, you know, he got interested. He was in political science. But I think, you know, kind of getting to explore this question of black prosecutors took him in a slightly different direction. He kind of knew that's what he was, you know, he knew that was a, a, something important. But I felt like somewhere along the line, he kind of stopped and looked back and saw that as something more important than what he intended it to be. So, you know, his project ended up focusing more on, you know, I think he was working for Kim Fox at the time on her campaign. Or Yeah, I think that he, he said that he was um, at least volunteering and doing some yeah. aspects of some stuff for for Kim. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing for me to see students being such... Uh, involved activists you know while while they're at school and mm-hmm. handling the school load and plus doing this on the side and yeah 
so good for him being able to yeah. you know pull this off but and and you can see you know i mean of course that's why i i mean the the portfolio was so so powerful mm-hmm. um because i i mean i read the whole thing by the oh, way <laughs> i looked at him again today it's like oh my god i have to read these again i haven't read them in two years <laughs> i like i read the whole thing because i was oh, like god. this is really good you know oh, and it makes sense and and i did I did, like you said before, I didn't read it all linear, you know, in a linear fashion because um, I started somewhere first. Um, I think it was, I started with a Kim Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, he, she has a whole section of, on Kim Fox. But right. after I read that, I'm like, well, I'm going to read this other stuff because yeah. it was it was really quite good. Yeah. Um, and you can stop there, right? You don't all, but nothing else interests you. You just move on. If it's just, or, you know, you find a link that he said and you can go someplace else, which is, you know, and it's not, it doesn't mean the rest of it isn't good. It's just the rest of it wasn't useful for one particular person. So, and that's important in reaching out for an audience, right? You don't sit down and read the entire New York Times. It's like, I don't care about the sports section. So you find the place where you need to go. Oh, the video and, game section. Oh, the video game section. God help me. <laughs> They're in the sports section now. The whole there's a whole thing. I know. Like, wow. That I don't get either. Uh, I don't my, get my it. Children are, you know, I don't. I don't want to say they're really way into it, but they're into it way more than I. I am. If they understand it, then they're into it. So, yeah. and I, I do think though, um, you were just talking about like just read this part and not others. I think that is such a liberating thing both for the authors and for the consumers or the readers mm-hmm. of media today. Um, in, in a, I guess in an interesting way, musicians had to, had to do that too, right? You used to right. design your entire album's experience. And there's right. something magical about that. I won't yeah, yeah, lie. Yeah. I love that myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, listening to someone's album beginning to end, and that's how it's designed to be, you know? Right. And even with the art and the you know the lyrics and everything, yeah, yeah. But then today, that's not what people do. And mm-hmm. I think that there is something really interesting going back to that original, you know, like fifteen-page paper. Like honestly, aside from people that are reading manuscripts today and reading acad- really truly academic papers today, no one that I know go and look at eight and a half by 11 <laughs> printed stuff yeah. that is double spaced. It's, it's a terrible format. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> it is not very interesting. Even if you put pictures in it, it's yeah, still it's- not very interesting. It's, you know, it's that dimension of it. You just can't go anywhere. And I've spent my entire life reading eight and a half by 11 pictures, but yeah. it's like, you know, you have to bring your imagination to it. If you don't know the subject that you're reading about, there is yeah. no reason to go past the first five pages because there's no way to engage it. But if you go to the site and you read one section, it's like, oh, I see why yeah. all of these things might go together. Or I only need these this pieces. I'm going to bookmark this and come back to this later. I might need this. I, it, to me, it's like, why would you, you know, I, I'm, a cod, I'm an old fogey about some things, right? It's like, we have to do it this way. But this, it seems crazy to me that we're still asking students to, you know, do that kind of work only without any, you know, you need that structure for, you know, certain kinds of work. You have to learn how to do that. But once you've got the basic idea, 
then, you know, you don't have to keep writing the five paragraph essay. You know, as a matter of fact, don't keep writing the five paragraph essay because that's a strategy. That's a form that locks you into a particular way of thinking. And there's no creativity to that. There's no, and it's, if it's boring to you, it's boring to your reader. So it's well, like, like you were saying about the skills that you get students to learn that that's, those are the skills. The skills isn't to how to write a five paragraph, always the same, um, you know, essay. And, and, you know, like people, you know, in, I mean, I, I think about, I mean, I used to do some teaching, um, and so there's, I guess, some aspect of acad- ac- academic work that I, I I enjoy and liked. But of course, I was in an art and design school, so right. we didn't do a lot of this kind of writing anyway, because yeah. that work is much more visual. But I do, you know, enjoy reading about other people's stuff sometimes, if it's like truly sort of related to what I'm doing, right? Uh, but um, as I you know, sort of when I left, you know, sort of teaching and being always around just, you know, other professors, Mm -hmm. no one else does this. (laughs) We're the only ones. Um, And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, and, 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 and not being able to communicate the way that everyone else is communicating Mm -hmm. actually is a, is a difficult, is a, is a problem for our students. That's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah. We have a friend of mine and I keep a blog, um, totally off subject, but we keep a blog about um, a set of primary sources we've been working with about um, Hawaii during the territorial period. So we have all of these sources and we've been kind of going through them. They're all, you know, student papers of all things, but there are these, you know, students at the University of Hawaii who are writing about their lives in Hawaii between 1920 and, you know, 1959. This is like, you know, nobody has this. this is an incredible set of primary sources. And so we're trying to figure out how come everybody doesn't know about this? You know, we're singing and dancing. It's like, look, look, we have all of this stuff. So we finally started a blog so that, you know, at least we had a place to put this stuff. And we couldn't just lay it there. We had to do something with it. So we've been writing over the last several years taking a document or set of documents and writing short essays about them and then finding, you know, you know, and they really are kind of, you know, analytical essays, but the audience it reaches is completely outside of academics. Academics do not care about what we're writing about. No scholar has ever looked at this and thought, Hmm, this is good. People from the community, you know, it's like, I grew up in, you know, Paella and you have a paper about Paella and I really wanted to, or, you know, I saw this map and then I went to, and, you know, you know, World War II people generation are, you know, getting in touch with us and saying, you know, I've always wanted, to, I've never saw this picture. There's my grandfather that, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. That's where people are, you know, landing with this stuff. They don't care about the, you know, decolonialism. They don't care about that stuff. They care about, that's a picture of the street I grew up on. So, and to me, that's as worthy a set of scholarly ideas as anything else that you found a way to bring other people into a set of research, you know, and they can do whatever they want with it. They can just look at the pictures, they can read the essay, they can look at the other things on the site. So if it's, you know, you know, I get in trouble for not writing enough eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper with like, so I'm not very I'm a bad scholar because I don't like to do that. I don't find it very interesting, but you got to do it sometimes. Well, maybe that's, I don't know. 
I, I feel like that something's going to change at some point. Uh, you know, we can't, like, I, I, I can't imagine that, I don't know, let's give some time. Maybe that time is long. Maybe it's 10 years, 20 years. But at some point, it's got to change. We have to, at some point, realize that some other format, some kind of other medium or a combination of different models of, you know, consuming and, and authoring yeah. provides, um, provides, uh, opportunity this you just don't get otherwise yeah. and that the rest of the world is, is doing it and so yeah. if you keep wanting to communicate in, in a very um, this this one um, language that no one speaks then you are cut off from the rest of the world yeah and the uh, tricky that, part is making sure that those things don't disappear just because I mean the academic you know there's a reason for that stuff to exist as well but, you know, if we keep thinking, well, you know, nobody's reading that, so we should only do this. It's like, no, 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 no. We need to be doing both of these things at the same time. There's no way not to have both of those things together. You don't have Black Lives Matter if you don't have, you know, Kimberly Crenshaw 25 years ago saying intersectionality, right? That's where all of that stuff comes from. That stuff trickles down outside of the academy. And then people in the streets are making it alive. They're making it, you know, they're talking about it and they're living it in a way that, you know, it's not on the page, but once you get it off the page and into people's lives, it makes a huge difference. So there's some kind of, it is, you know, I'm a historian, so it's like, no, 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 don't overcorrect. You know, we go this way and then we go that way. I'm always, you know, after a while you start to see, it's like, oh, going too far in that direction too. So, but that's, you know, that's the point of history. We're going to get it wrong more than we're going to get it right. I That reminds me so much of... Uh conversation i had when i was a student in architecture school mm -hmm. and my professors at the time would ban us from using any computers to draft <laughs> anything so we can only use pencils and on wow. drafting paper yeah. pencil or ink on a draft old drafting table with you know the slanted table right, giant right, right. desktop with a parallel rule that you can move around and tons of like angles and stuff and and um i was fascinated by the computers and so i learned how to how to do it mm -hmm. secretly because there was literally <laughs> no one cared about it so i learned about secretly in the lab in the basement because th that's where the lab would be in the basement yeah because yeah. no one like literally there was the wood shop and then there was a computer lab <laughs> And it was like the, 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 the worst space, like no light, you know, so fine. You know, so I learned how to do that. And I remember that um, I had done the work anyway, kind of, I was a little bit more rebellious, you know, mm -hmm. teacher said no, I said yes. And uh, yeah. I went and did it. And, um, and the, uh, my, my professor said, you cannot submit this work. <laughs> and so I remember I had to um use you know we had these mylar like it's like tracing paper almost right. i traced over the computer drawings to hand it <laughs> i think that's what cheating <laughs> oh it's totally cheating but it's totally like a oh come on you know like and and of course what's so interesting is that uh my the same professor several years later um after you know I, they were done with me way done with me they they all ended up doing their own digital version yeah. of their work. It just yeah. took them longer to get mm -hmm. there because mm -hmm. they were, and they were right in that 
there was so much to learn about drawing with a pencil as well. Right. And it is a lost art actually today. Mm-hmm. Like no architecture school students don't do this anymore or right, they're not right. good at doing that anymore. But they're also really good at doing some other kinds of thinking in on a yeah. computer or on a tablet. So I, I, I don't feel like that, you know, you write in that it swings like a pendulum, but, you know, the, the medium just will always evolve. And as humans, we, we kind of have to go with it in a way. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, otherwise, yeah. you get cut off by you know with for the with the rest of the world, and then none of your work matters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but that is you know that's just, just jogs some really interesting memory. It it definitely was a I told you so moment at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I um, I feel like I can talk to you forever about all these things. Um, and maybe we should. You know, like uh, I, we should we should have more chats anyway. But oh, absolutely. Of the podcast, uh, but uh, I I thought maybe for the purpose of this we could, we we sh- we will you know uh, I want to wrap up by maybe asking you just a couple of final questions or maybe just one final question for uh what what do you think about those who are perhaps you know professors such as yourself maybe they are the ones who's listening to this and thinking wow i'm kind of inspired by this very free form let's go with the flow let's have the students ask the questions you're willing to let go of the control and the power as the yeah. professor how and i we know this not every professor is going to want to do that but for those who who are inspired by this? You know, they they really are your tribe, but they've never been able to do it. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Like, what would you be your advice? And let's let's end with that. Um, everybody's discipline is so different, so I'm always hesitant to say, yeah, you know, absolutely do it this way. Um, I, I think you have to find a way within whatever your structure is to be structureless somehow. Um, one thing that, you know, and it could be, you know, it could be a little thing like I was, one of the questions that was written down was, you know, what's something your students have taught you? And I thought, I don't know. Then it occurred to me, I remembered, um, I was the first time I was teaching a class on um, mixed race identity. It was the first time I was teaching the class. Um, and for some reason, I came into the classroom the first day and the students had rearranged the room. I hadn't said anything to them. They had rearranged the room into a circle. It was, you know, you know, free form chairs and, you know, in rows and they took everything and they arranged it in a circle. And I I had no idea. I was like, what are you doing? It was a lot of students. I had this core group of students who were in women's and gender studies and that's how they teach their classes. Right. So unless it's a really big class, they come together as a cohort and they physically change the space. And, you know, the same things happen. You still have, you know, readings, you still have to do some of the same things. But to me, the difference between standing and sitting changed everything. I was shocked at how, first of all, how much easier it was. It was less stressful. I didn't have to, you know, people weren't talking. I didn't feel like I have to kind of fill the space that they weren't talking. It's like, keep going. I'm not, I'm just waiting. Right. We were all there in a circle. We weren't peers. You know, I'm still the person who, you know, has got to keep control of the circumstance, but, and I'm still the person giving out the readings and I'm, you know, in charge of some of that stuff, but just sitting there and letting them take over. 
letting them take control of the class. You do have to let go of the idea that there's some place to get to, right? If you have a structure, you know, if you're teaching a class where everybody needs to know these three things by the end of the week, this is not a good idea. But if you have something, you know, my subject matter is open enough. I have some things that I want us to get done, but for the most part, it's let's just get in here and see what happens. And they almost always come up with something better than what I would have done. Not better, sometimes sometimes better, almost always different. They come up with, you know, they come up, they write the prompts for me for their papers. I say, okay, we've been talking about this. What's the paper about? And they come up with ideas that were so much better than the ones other than let's not write a paper. It's like, that's not an idea. but they come up with different ideas talking to each other um hearing each other you don't hear each other if you're sitting in rows doesn't you can hear somebody's voice but you cannot you're not communicating with somebody who's sitting behind you so just that changing the space sitting in a circle sitting in a square and everybody's sitting and there's no head of the room So I could sit anywhere in the room. I could be and still be a participant in the group. They're not expecting me to, you know, I'm not standing up. I'm not the person who's performing. I'm not the only person who's performing. So everybody has to kind of play along, right? So you can't just sit there because eventually I will say, so what do you think? And you have to play along. So sitting down, you know, I would, you know, it's a weird piece of advice. It's like, try, see what happens if you sit down with your class as opposed to standing up, change the, you know, kind of the architecture of the room, change the dynamic of the room by physically changing the space. And it may not work. Like I said, you have to be willing to let go of the control of the classroom because, and sometimes it's gone. I just like, (laughs) I'm not getting that control back. But like I said, they almost always come up with, if you trust them and they trust you, you almost always come up with something that is, as interesting, usually more interesting. And it's certainly something that's more interesting to them, as opposed to me standing there and saying, these are the things that you're supposed to be interested in. You know, here are the ideas. Tell me where you want to go with these ideas. Um, it's, it's not for, I, you know, I wouldn't tell everybody to do that. It's not a good piece of advice for everybody. Um, the people who know how I teach think, <laughs> yeah, right. But I don't know, the students seem to respond to it differently. Um, and to me, it's, I just enjoy it much more. If I don't have to stand in it, I never stand now. I sit down and it completely changes the game. I like it much more than I used to. And I think it works better. I just think it's a more creative space for them when we are all working on it together. I, I think that is beautiful. What a beautiful, um, almost like physical manifestation of a beautiful metaphor of a, a psychological sort mm-hmm. of um, change in in power in 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 balance. Mm-hmm. You know, by tipping and playing with those those factors, you 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 create. You literally yank out the space and the time for them to do some of these explorations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's beautiful. Well, I think with that. I think okay. uh, we should um, uh, uh, we should we should call today done. But uh, I hope that we get to talk again soon. Oh, absolutely, uh, no problem. This is fascinating, and uh, I look forward to maybe touching base with um, Jack and Michaela again. I feel like we talked about them so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we we have we would have to do that, and um, 
and uh, I look forward to in the future if you have new batches of students doing things and uh, really following up on this idea that now that you know 2020 has happened yeah how how your students sort of you know handling I'll let you know when we get to the end of the quarter, yeah. I'll let you know and see, send you the links to their, um, to their projects and you can take a look and yeah. see. We'd see love to see that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can do another catch up then. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Laurie. Oh, you're welcome. You are, what a, what a pleasure. And I <laughs> learned so much and it's fascinating and, and just like great to find someone who's in my tribe. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Thanks a lot. It was really great meeting you. Okay. Well, same here. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. The Digication Scholars Conversation Series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for listening.